0: Greetings, Grappa fans, and welcome to the latest edition of Match of the Week, the ongoing series within the Let Me Tell You Something canon, in which myself, your Let Me Tell You Something co-host Lorcan Mullen, and your other Let Me Tell You Something co-host, Simon Cross take it in turns to discuss a match from the wide world of professional wrestling and put it in some sort of personal reflections. And for this one, we are headed back to Mexico. We just saw a movie from there. Now we're going to see a wrestling match from there. Simon, what are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about a match taking place on the 64th anniversary show of CMLL. On the 19th of September, 1997, we watched the movie with his dad in. It's Aljijo del Santo taking on Negro Casas. It'd
0: be really embarrassing if it turns out we should have been saying Aljijo del Santo all this time. I know it's like a Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho situation. It's Jose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. Because it's Jose Estrada. So I always mm. assume Jesus, you know, it's, for the most part, the... Uh, the Mexicans don't like to pronounce their J's yeah. in that sense, anyway. We've always said that Lucha Libre is the one part of pro wrestling, at least within the more popular and well-known cultures of pro wrestling, of which we know the least about, insofar as through its own presentation. Yeah. Because obviously there have been plenty of Lucha Libre stars that have become huge stars in both America and Japan. mm and when you think of iconic imagery of wrestlers, masked luchadors are right up there.
1: Yeah, they are a staple of like uh, a lot of TV shows reference points will be the
0: luchadors or yeah. like the big flashy 80s men, even to this day. Yeah, I mean, I, I there's at least one sort of burrito store or something burrito restaurant in the city centre of Birmingham. That has had luchadors adorning their wallpaper and, and <laughs> the posters and everything. It's like it's like a symbol of Mexican culture. Yeah, um, masked luchador wrestlers. And yet, despite that, we don't really see in its pure, uncut form. I suppose a lot, a lot. Meltzer gave very few matches five stars when we were doing the Meltzer five star project. We had a couple. Yes, when he was rating at the highest, was I suppose at the Ascent of Rey Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, Juventud Guerrera, and obviously we had the Los Gringos Locos against El Hijo del Santo.
1: And Octagon.
0: Octagon is one of the few five stars. But I will say this right now this is my favourite Lucha Libre Mexican wrestling match I've seen so far. I would rank this above Atlantis versus Villano the third or tres. three, whichever one it is. And I would even rank it above Los Gringos Locos against El Hijo Del Santo and Octagon at When Worlds Collide. Interesting. I think because it gave me something that I hadn't yet experienced through Lucha Libre. And I also, I was gripped by it for the whole time. When I was looking at this, some of the comments on Cage Match, a lot of people were comparing it to the Finley regal matches in wcw and later on in wwe okay yeah and i can see where they're coming from but to me i had a sense that this was lucha libre's equivalent of bret hart versus stone cold steve austin at wrestlemania 13 in the submission match
1: albeit with a far less buff referee
0: yes <laughs> i really
1: liked the different feel of it i had a different vibe it's lucha but not not as we know it 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 is very different just before we get into the meat and bones of the match though uh one of my like standout things from this is the the half by half camera as they're both in the ring yes but there's sort of no clear line between the two so occasionally you get a little bit of announcer shoulder Mm. but i i did enjoy that because boxing does that Mm. like it's a good way of filming I, I
0: AEW think... did it for. A, I've done it for a few promos, I believe, mm. in the arena. Yeah. Obviously, they've got the one that they do where Mark Henry hosts, but that's where they're backstage. Yeah. And that's modeled off of the old. They used to do that back in the territory days, and WWE we use that all the time to promote their house show loops. Yeah, but this one, yeah, it, it's an interesting presentation. And also, they even have them do the picture-in-picture picture thing. Yes, at one point towards the start, where they get El Hijo del Santo and Negro Casas both reflecting on the match, what they hope to do or what they hope to achieve. Yeah. Another thing that I found interesting when I watched, because obviously one of the one of the things that's classical within Mexican wrestling is that there's the rudo and the technico mm. and they flat out you hear it in commentary and sometimes they even get identified in it in the graphics like rudo technico yeah <laughs> it's like they they never actually say the good guy and the bad guy although AEW are copping to it with their entrance ramp
1: yeah well, a, lot, a lot of people kicked off recently not kicked off but were shocked recently on twitter when jim ross came out of the heel tunnel <laughs> uh midway through dynamite <laughs>
0: Is that just because that's the... He's like, I ain't walking an extra five yards to get to that turkey. I'm going to reboot, goddammit. No, I'm... To, I'm. It,
1: there's a strong chance it's that.
0: <laughs> but when I watched it, like when we watched the atlantis Villiana match, I was like, I can't have a certain who the who the heel and who the face is here. Mm. Because also the crowd noise is always... I've said this, it, it almost sounds like a video game. They're just screaming the whole way through at the same pitch. Oh, they are
1: hot. They, they love yeah. it.
0: They're, they're into it,
1: which is good. It's
0: good. But it, again, it's like that sense of you don't get that sense of the audience being taken on the on the journey as we understand it. Again, that's why I always compare Lucha Libre in a way to Indian cinema, Bollywood cinema, because they just have a different vocabulary, a different language of film. Yeah, where its tonally can go all over the place and it can flip genres and it's different lengths of time mm. and there's different styles of acting and what they're expected to be, you know, there's a bit of crossover this year with this RRR film, which is actually making some, making some waves outside of the traditional Indian cinema aficionados. Okay. So, you know, and maybe that, and sometimes, because sometimes it just, it comes across, it comes across well. And and this is one of those ones where I just got what they were presenting. And I went with it because my God, do these two people not like each other and you are spending the whole match wondering what is really being done. Yeah. <laughs> what's
1: the beef? What What's worked? And what's a shoot puncher or a shoot stomp?
0: <laughs> and what if it's all worked? Because that could be the case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if so, then they've just done such an amazing job. Because I wonder... Because, again, I don't know the history and the international of Mexican wrestling. Obviously, there was always the diving culture. But I do wonder if maybe it was the Rey Mysterios and the Psychosis of this world that were pushing it to that new level. Yeah. Where it wasn't just you did your regular wrestling and then you did your one or two big dives. Because, you know, Mil Mascaras was never... You know, <laughs> you've <laughs> ever seen him. He had his dive. Yeah. But he's not going to do a lot. No, you know? no. He's not going to do what Rey Mysterio was doing at this point, which was finding 15 different ways to run a Psychosis in one match. <laughs> you know... <laughs> So I wonder if maybe this is moving towards this change of of Lucha Libre, at least how it's presented to us and how we then understood what Lucha Libre is compared to how it's understood in Mexico still. Yeah. This is the... We're going a bit all over the place here. But my favourite spot in this match is maybe one of my favourite dives outside of the ring I've ever seen in any match. How they make it work and how much it makes sense. Because Negro Casas gets El Hijo del Santo in the Tree of Woe and he does a low drop kick to him in the face yeah. and then he does it again puts him in the tree of woe goes to do the low drop kick to the face Santo pulls himself up so then Negro Casas goes flying outside the ring and then by the time he gets to his feet and gets his bearings he turns around El Hijo del Santo has pulled himself up positioned himself on the top rope and dives straight yeah. onto him such a smooth
1: like, spot as well
0: that's like if Bret Hart had to do a lucha Lee play <laughs> spot. If Hiroshi Tanahashi had to do it. Yeah. That was the way that they would figure out how to do it and make it work and make it make sense.
1: Mm. You mentioned Hiroshi Tanahashi. Kasas is on a uh, Tanahashi level when it comes to targeting a knee.
0: Well, that's the first thing in the match, isn't it? Yeah. Literally, they're standing off and then Cassas hits what seems like a fairly innocuous kick. And Santo already is like in trouble. So you wonder, was there, like, again, this is one of those things where you come into these things cold. We haven't seen the years of... And literally years. I think they'd had a, a match in 1987 that was similarly, like, hate-filled. So there's <laughs> a long-held rivalry between the two.
1: One of the things I do like, just in the quick... and we are going all over the place, is their tale of the tape at the start, where it says how many years they've all been in the business, and, like, Cassas is, like, two years more in the business, and El Gio del Santo. But it gets to the age section. And it has Casas, 37. Algio De Santo, question mark. It's just a nice little touch there, just to, like keep the mystique. Mm.
0: Negro Casas is also one of the most highly rated wrestlers of all time. There are people that make cases for him being maybe the greatest Mexican wrestler ever. Mm. As much as anything down to his longevity. Like, he is still going now. And he is 62 years old. and he's... Jesus Well, they go longer in Mexico. Yeah. They've got incredible stamina. I wondered about that, and I wonder if it's because, you know, when we watched that Atlantis-Viliano match, and again with this match, they don't actually bump that much. They do the dive, and that's the big dangerous spot. But other than that, it's mostly on the mat submission holds and everything. And even with this match, there's not that many bumps. They don't do body slams. They don't do... A back body drops necessarily. They're There's one power the bomb. Yeah, I think a couple. I think they both do a power bomb each, don't they? Yeah, that's and that's, that's like a mind. huge spot as well in the match. Like it's yeah. a big deal when they do it. And when they take the bumps, instead of taking it flat back bump and bump and feed, so often they'll do like a roll. Mm. They'll roll on their shoulders and and to their legs and everything. So like they're absorbing the blow over over a longer period and over a you know wide, wider area. Body. Yeah. And so maybe that's one of the things that again allows them to go on a bit longer.
1: Yeah, and because of the amount of rope breaks in this match as well, because they're all like desperately trying to like get away from each other when one has the advantage,
0: it's wrestled at a very deliberate but yet hate-filled pace. Yeah, not a boring pace though. Like they're standing off against each other, and I've said this is like as close as Mex- maybe this is as close as Mexican wrestling comes to a shoot style. Mm. Wrestling match in that they they will stand off against each other, waiting for one to pass off, and they'll just suddenly get a flurry of hits, and one will go down, and they'll it'll be a prolonged sell period. Yeah, when the, with the referees sort of standing over them,
1: it's weird. Like because of the level of hatred, one of the matches I was minded to compare it to, whilst I was watching it, was the Blanchard versus um, Magnum cage match. It, this is much more diluted in terms of violence. But in terms of, like, the hatred for each other that's being conveyed,
0: it's, it's, it's at a close level. <laughs> I guess, I mean, insofar as... Is there is there a steel chair used at any point? I think no. there is, isn't. No, there isn't. No. So there's no steel chair. There's no makeshift spike being stabbed into anyone's head. Yeah. There are some nasty headbutts being unleashed by both sides mm. in this match.
1: Mm. And I guess because you've also got the reverence... Of El Hio de Santos' mask, the the frequent swipes and like little scratches Cassas makes trying to get it off, that conveys in its own a level of heat. You don't, they don't need a chair
0: because mm.
1: he's going after something that sacred.
0: Well, it's a match about pride. And whilst there was a title on the line, it was clear that that was what was most important between Magnum T.A. and Tully Blanchard. And similarly, that was what was most important between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. It was essentially your manhood on the line in Mm. this match. And that's like even more, you know, sometimes, unfortunately for men, that's an even bigger deal. And obviously this, as with so many times, it was a Lucha Apuestas match, where it is Santos' mask on the line against Casas' hair. Yep. We don't see the end of the match where the like the repercussions, and obviously since Alhio Hio El Santo remains masked to this day, that kind of gives away who won. <laughs> it was so it was so unlike anything I'd expected from them, and like I said, yeah. it, was, it was almost UWF esque. And also, what I liked was the struggle. Mm. Like they had to fight to do anything. There's like a judo toss that Santo does early on to get Casas onto the mat, and he's having to like every inch of it is a struggle for him to get over. And at both points, when he tries to apply the camel clutch, it is like trying to get a triangle choke when you're up against the wall in the octagon, the amount of struggle that Casas goes, to the point that He Del Santo goes, fuck it, and yeah. just grabs him into an arm breaker instead.
1: It's, there's that beautiful moment where he's got one arm up on the shoulder, he goes for the other, and as he gets the other, the first one slips off. And that's when the fuck it moment kicks in. He's like well, I'm not wasting any more time on this.
0: <laughs> yeah, and again, it's like, is this because Cassas was genuinely not willing to do it? Mm-hmm. Or is this them making it look like Cassas is fighting for all his... It's like, that's the thing I've said. Again, the thing that I like the most about the atlantis Villano match as well is they are constantly trying to win the match.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's no, like, awkward spots where yet yeah, someone is, like, lying down for an... Uh, a really long period of time or anything like that.
0: There's no sense of we're clearly pacing this to go 28 minutes, which is how long I think this match goes for approximately, or just over 26 minutes.
1: Right? About 26, yeah. Yeah.
0: They're, they're like... They will be just as happy to have won it in the third minute as they are the 26th minute, and that is what they're trying to do.
1: Yeah. We don't, we don't care about your pay-per-view like hours.
0: <laughs> this isn't... Yeah, this isn't Okada getting his usual 10 minutes in to just get warmed up. Yeah. This is... I'm going to try and win because I hate you and I really want to hurt you right now. <laughs> and we'll deal with
1: everything after. Maybe they'll put a little, like, dance number in if they run short on a pay-per-view.
0: <laughs> but everything looks so snug. Like, when Santo hits him with, like, knee lifts, they look nasty as fuck. They're, like, you know, Shibata would be proud of those. I
1: I, I had William Regal in my head when I yeah, saw those yeah. knee
0: lifts.
1: They were very, very, like, very crisp. Very good. And, again, it's just, like, again, the viciousness. When they get to the ropes, Santo, who is, like, literally, in pro-wrestling terms in Mexico, the son of God, effectively, mm-hmm. it, in that length of time, he holds on to um, the armbar and then reapplies it while Cassas is still holding the rope.
0: I'm surprised this move isn't really done. It was almost like a flying version of the arm breaker, where it was like a cross between... The famous, uh, The Famouser... Uh, and like MVP's old finisher, which yeah. always looked like shit. <laughs> oh, because was, like
1: a weird flick. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But this one, it kind of looks both not sloppy, but like again to go with the match, like scrappy.
1: It does look like it would like hurt a shoulder. Like everyone knows, like jarring a shoulder against like a door frame or something like that. It, it it's a very relatable move, and it looks like it hurts, and it's fairly easy to execute by the looks of things.
0: And mm. Casas' strategy at the start is to go after the knee, but I also noticed at a later points, he just starts stomping on his head at all available moments. And that there's, <laughs> and Santo sells that kind of woozy, concussed yeah. sense throughout it all after that as well. And again, harder to do when you're a masked wrestler, but obviously in Mexico nearly everyone starts off as a masked wrestler, so you know how you have to convey that. Yeah. You'll have that just innate within you. But yeah, I just, I, I love the technical wrestling. I love the the fights for everything. Um, did you know that this was a two out of three falls match? No. I've got to assume there must have been two countouts. Because at one point it did seem like, the, I was like, is the referee oh, to 30? Yeah, they, what is it? <laughs> there's
1: that weird ad break in it where yeah. I assume they both got double counted out. So I guess that's four, one and two. And they cancel each other out, I guess.
0: No, I think it might have been that each got cancelled out at different points, because at different points they beat the shit out of the other one enough that they're on the outside pages trying to recover.
1: Yeah, it's... It it could be clearer, but that's a common complaint I had with all uh, Lucha matches around that that period of time. Um, But
0: yeah, it's like, Santo's the Technico in this match, and he's, like, pulling the hair like it's a flipping Divas match from the... (laughs) Like, it's Stephanie McMahon versus Trish Stratus, you know? It's, like...
1: That surfboard stretch spot where he's yeah. just yanking it like it's the starter motor on a chainsaw. Mm.
0: i tell you what's also another thing you, you realise about Mexican wrestling, like, how important the La Magistral is. Yeah. Because at one point, one of them tries to do it to the other one. Oh, yeah, it's uh, Casas. And the crowd is like, oh, my God, it's like, the, you know... he's like doing a pile driver in Memphis. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know... He's gonna do the limbo justral,
1: or or how it used to be with the um, ripcord rainmaker. How it used to be, anyway.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think we kind of covered everything about it. I'm gonna rewatch this match, I think. But right now, like at a minimum, I would give this match four and a half stars. I think I might go higher because it was just something so completely different and so unlike. I wish I could have seen it in its perfect, you know, high quality and you know. Yeah, yeah, but that can't be helped. That's just the nature of the the beast, really, for getting your hands on this stuff. Yeah, I mean,
1: at the end of the day, I was six when
0: this match happened, so. Mm. So yeah, I would heartily recommend people get their hands on this. If if you've not seen any Lucha Libre, or if you think Lucha Libre is one particular type of thing. This
1: disproves that.
0: Yeah, we'll have to do some more El Hijo del Santo. We'll have to do some more Negro Casas. There's another famous three-way match they have with El Dandy that's supposed to be brilliant as well. Okay. Yeah, we need to get more into the Luch Libre stuff. Um, Oh yeah. A combination of thinking that kind of we've seen what what it is because of, you know, like there's no knuckle lock. You know, I think there is one moment where they're in a knuckle lock, but it's not like ah, we do the flip and the thing and we both bridge up and everything. It's like no, I'll punch you in the face and I'll headbutt you until you bleed or (laughs) I bleed. I don't care. (laughs) So So long as there's blood. Yeah like so, you know he's not escaping a submission hold and then applying his own he's like getting out of that submission on then just headbutting him on the mat yeah repeatedly this had this had an intensity that like i don't think like cause remember when we watched that jushin liger el samurai match that's yes tried to go for something similar to this and i wonder because they both would have had that mexican experience that that mm. was maybe what they were trying to do that mexican brawl thing yeah but this like blew that out of the water for me
1: Yeah. I didn't think for this match going in, I'd have to write the term ground and pound so much on my
0: notes. (laughs) It's funny, because I am planning for us to do another Japanese shoot-style match sometime very soon. So, you know, I don't know if that'll make you... Well, you know, you enjoyed this, so... (laughs) I
1: suppose, I suppose.
0: (laughs) You'll warm to it eventually. (laughs) I, I, I felt like this felt more real than, say... I don't know if Muriel's the right way, but I think this engaged me more than, like, say, the Ishii Shibata match that everyone loves.
1: Mm. Um,
0: I, I know they're kind of different horses for courses, but they're kind of along the same sort of area. I like the way that things were sold and fought for and everything, you know. L- like, Santo's walking wounded going into the thing, and I love his concussed selling later on, and Cassas as well. Like, they both get woozy and they get in hurt, but then they're just pure hatred. Pushes them on to fight more and more.
1: Yeah, I think I think the difference between those two matches is Ishii and Shibata's like that's sporting manhood. That's like, oh, you know, we want to be the best at the sport. The, this is uh, manhood of I'm a better human being than you. I I'm a better person than you. I hate you. You are scum.
0: <laughs> I will claim your hair or I will claim your face.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I will remove I, I have to I will take a trophy with me when I destroy you.
0: <laughs> so this is definitely one of our heartiest recommendations as far as match of the week goes. I don't yeah. think Meltzer ever rated this match, so I'd be curious to know what he would have given it. Mm. I would have thought he would have liked it. I mean this was around the time like the biggest the matches he was going the most crazy after all Japan were around this time he was giving like loads of four and three quarter stars to matches involving Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and Human Two Guerrero around this time. Mm. So, uh, well, actually a few, yeah, yeah, well, a, bit, a few years before this, actually, since this is 97. So, yeah. Again, it's like El Hijo del Santo kind of means more in Mexico than the likes of Mysterio and anyone else does. And I think probably the same with Negro Casas as well. So, as I said, we'll check these guys out again. Oh, yeah. But until that time comes sometime in the near future, Simon, if people want to get in touch with you and maybe give you some recommendations of some more Negro Casas and... El Hico del Santo matches. How can they do so?
1: Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter. Where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the levels of hell each man want to drag the other through.
0: <laughs> My name is Lorcan That's L O R C A N M U L L. A for the A in Arena Mexico. N for the N in Negro. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you put in that, gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com. L-M-T-Wise Pod is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. For the next match, assuming there are no five-star matches in between from the pen of Dave Meltzer, we are going to see two men that became very prominent figures in the WWE in different capacities a few years after this. But this was when they were trying to... One was trying to reclaim a a spot that he once had, and one was trying to break out of the indie scene. This is a pick from you, Simon, so can you tell people what it is? Uh, Yes, we are watching
1: Drew Galloway fight Johnny Gargano, WWN's Mercury Rising.
0: It's a title unification match as well. It is for Johnny Gargano's Open the Freedom Gate Championship against drew galloway and his evolve championship but there's nothing left to say at this point except that my name's laurcan mullen
1: and my name's simon cross
0: thank you for letting us tell you something have a great week until the next week